0: You may be seated. Our gospel reading today concerns the purification of Mary and presentation of our Lord, which is another day in the church year. It occurs on February 2nd. That's when it's celebrated. It's also our daughter Magdalena's baptismal birthday. And this occurred by command in Leviticus 12 to be done 40 days after birth. Now, much could be said about that and is said on that day in the church year. Today, though, on this first Sunday after Christmas, still during the Christmas season, you hear this account along with what follows it through verse 40. And there's something the Lord would have you see in all of this as you continue to celebrate the birth of your Lord Jesus. And it's just that. You see. You are seeing your Lord. And you're seeing what this means now, here in time, and even for eternity. And seeing you join in confessing him with Simeon, Anna, and the whole church. Now notice something about Simeon when he beheld his Lord. Here again, he said, my eyes have seen your salvation. So here's Simeon in the temple, and his eyes opened as he held Jesus in his arms. And what he was seeing was the fulfillment of what God promised to him. God inspired St. Luke to write, and it had been revealed to him, Simeon, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so St. Luke recorded that for you, and that same Holy Spirit who revealed this to Simeon gives you the eyes to see what Simeon saw. So what do you see? Well, there's first a warning and second, a comfort as you behold the word of God. The warning you have in all of this is to fail or refuse to see who Christ is and who you are in him. Now, it may sound overly simplified, but the warning is real. You are called to see the danger. Closing your eyes to Christ, closing your eyes to his word, closing your eyes to his church will lead to darkness and death. Because the devil, the world, and your own fallen flesh are opposed to everything God speaks and enlightens and opens your eyes to see. God shows you this in the reading. Mary is told something about her son as he was to be in this world, which shouldn't surprise her, but is still striking nonetheless. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So here's God, through Simeon, telling Mary that Jesus, her son, is going to be a stumbling block to people. There will be many who rise and many who fall on account of him. Now this will happen among their own people, and it will be her son, Jesus, who is the point of division. Not because he is the cause of sin, but because he is seen and beheld by sinners. And not only that, but she is also told a sword will pierce her own soul also. Now, many commentators have tried to explain what this means, and we can kind of look at it in different facets, but understanding who Mary is as a sinner and who her son is, you can see the sword is the preaching and ministry of Jesus, which will pierce through all of Israel and through her own soul as well. So here's Mary, who was told all of this about her son, God in the flesh. So Mary then, when she sees her son... She's looking at her God and Lord. Everything God had promised finds its fulfillment in the very child conceived and born in her womb. Her God and Lord is her son. Now, this doesn't mean, though, Mary and Joseph would go around bragging about how their son could walk on water and raise the dead. They didn't have necessarily a bumper sticker on the back of their donkey that said, Your child may be an honor student, but my child is God in the flesh. I mean, I guess they could have, but you don't know. No, what this means is that as she would see him grow up, as she would see him in stature and wisdom, he would be the person men would seek to kill. And ultimately, she would stand at the foot of the cross, and she her own, would see her own son hanging there naked, suffering excruciating pain as he died the death of a criminal. This is the future Mary was told would be for her son, the same one she held in her arms as a newborn in Bethlehem and wrapped in swaddling cloths. So the text explains, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed." So Jesus and his earthly life saw the fall and rise of many, and it does today. Hearts are revealed when it comes to Jesus as there is no middle ground, our Lord tells us. One is either for him or against him. And the lukewarm he won't vomit out of his mouth. So for God to pierce the soul is for him to see, for him to go deep into the depths of your heart also. Later in Luke, Jesus said, "For though you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. And so, gathering on this day, God sees, and He breaks you because in your sin you need to be broken, lest you kid yourselves. Sin is slavery, and it wraps its talons around you like a bird of prey, only to let you drop into the pits of hell. There's no escape." There's no freedom when you are a slave. The only way you get out is if you are set free and bought back. You must be ransomed to have true freedom and true life. The epistle reading from Galatians speaks to that when God says, I mean that the heir, as long as he a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the day set by his father. And the same way also, when we were children, we're enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. And so the devil, the world, your fallen flesh, they want to blind you to these things that God is talking about and his word before you today. That's why God pierces through. That's why God reveals it. Like those who haven't heard the gospel, there's a danger for you, even as Christians, to go back into that slavery of the elementary principles of the world which is to say there's a distinction between the ways and workings of the fallen world as opposed to being a new creation in christ and the freedom that comes with it because as christians you are different than the world around you you're different than the way it thinks the way it acts But as Christians, you can get caught up in these many ways. The elementary principles of the world start guiding you when you you close your ears to God's word. And when God's word isn't a daily voice in your life, your eyes begin to close. And you don't see the truth which God has opened your eyes to see through his word. So you see the danger and warning of God. Look at how common things have become accepted in our culture that are clearly against God's word, but they seem shocking to people when you talk about them. Take something like talking about marriage, for instance. That's an easy example. What God teaches about his institution, and you just simply assert a simple fact of a man and a woman joining together in holy matrimony, and you get looks on people's faces that you might as well be telling them that they're from Mars or they wear shoes on their eyeballs. Or look at how people have come to view church attendance, or even the church today. You can become a slave to the world to the point that we think the church and God must bow the knee to the world and not the other way around, at all at the threat of survival in terms of worldly standards, how we define the church, rather than clear and certain principles of Christ himself. So what's happened? Well, when you become slaves to the elements of this world, you start thinking god is wrong you start thinking the bible isn't true you start thinking the lies are true c.s lewis once famously said when the whole world is running towards a cliff he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind but what does god say about this present age what will happen well, in the gospel lesson today, you see that Jesus is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. The world word became flesh and dwelt among his people, and not everybody was or is happy about that. But know who you are, though. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Jesus also said that in Luke's gospel. So know your old man that wants nothing more than to turn from the Lord and seek after his own wants and desires who wants to listen and see, not according to the word of God, but according to the elementary principles of the world. Hear God's word and crucify that old man. Crucify his pride and don't be scandalized by Jesus. Those who won't fall before Jesus in faith and worship, the Lord will fall upon them in judgment, and it all will be revealed on the last day. No, instead, hold fast to his word. Hear it, keep it, see through it, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So dear Christians, Mary was told all of this, and she serves as an example for the church of God and for you what it means to hold to these words and to see. Back when Gabriel appeared to her, she responded to all this that would take place, which in terms of worldly thinking didn't make one iota of sense. She, when she was told that she would conceive and bear a son, and she said, but I am a virgin. She, and Gabriel told her that the spirit of the Lord would come upon her. She responded, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So here in the temple, she hears this word, and she is blessed by God at who her son has been appointed to be. To live as one who goes through this world as a servant of the Lord is to have that same confession as Mary, the mother of God. Let it be to me according to your word. It's to see with her, to see with Simeon, to see the salvation God has prepared for you. And God's word to you this day of Christmas is, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. So Mary's son is the Savior of the world, and through him you have become and are a son of God. Your sin is forgiven, and you have been set free from your slavery to sin, your slavery to death, your slavery to the power of the devil. And you see, you have real freedom as you go through this world as an heir of God. It's not some made-up thing. Because you see in the darkness, for you have the light of the world. In the epistle reading, God shows you who you are in Christ. St. Paul writes, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons... God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And what a glorious thing that is to be in Christ and what he has done for you. That hymn of the day beautifully proclaims this. We sang it a few minutes ago. by Nicholas Harriman. It's one of my favorite Christmas hymns. He beautifully puts it, he undertakes a great exchange, puts on our human frame, and in return gives us his realm, his glory, and his name. His glory and his name. Now when you think about that, it doesn't make any sense that Christ would do that. What in worldly standards does that make sense? But it's true because he has done it out of his love and mercy toward you, that he would take your sin on himself, and give you his glory, give you his name, give you salvation, give you freedom. It's nothing but the grace of God. You were held slaves, held captive and walked in darkness, but now Christ has redeemed you and gives you light and life and calls you as his own. So you see who you are. You see the world around you as a child of God. Your eyes have been opened, and you see the salvation promised to God's people and promised to you. God is your Father. And as you have been baptized into Christ, you have been clothed with him. Your soul has been pierced, and your old man falls every day, and the new man rises. You have been raised to new life in Christ, and you go through this world as one belongs to him, not walking in darkness, but has the light of life and a future glory to come. And that's the confidence, too, that God gives you today that sees Jesus and clings to him. You have all that he has won for you by his righteous life, his atoning death, and his resurrection from the dead. And your conscience is clear as you live because you know where you stand with God. You see that. You behold Christ, and you see that God forgives you and you have eternal life. You see that the burden has been lifted And you see that you are free to live, really live in what the Lord has given to you. And that his word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And you delight in what he teaches you and seek to live and confess the same. And so Mary went through this world knowing this and that her son was the one who would save her even to the point of seeing him die on the cross. The people of God, the new Israel, the church goes through this life knowing what Mary knew. And as the church, she submits to her head, Christ. And you suffer all rather than fall away from him. And in all things, though, she knows. You know the Lord is the one who has come, who has redeemed you by his blood. He is the one who has forgiven you. He is the one who sets free. He is the one who gives you life, even as you face death in this world. And that's great reason to rejoice this day as Christians. That altogether together we praise our God. You lift up your eyes to see, even in suffering and bearing crosses appointed for you. For God has sent his Son, and you now belong to God. And when they had performed everything according to the law of God, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So that day Mary and Joseph departed that place, and they returned home as ones who had heard God's word and were blessed in hearing it. The favor of God was upon them and is upon Jesus, and God's favor is upon you. The Lord is here now, this day, and will send you on your way in this same favor and blessing as he refreshes you this very day with his word and sacraments. So with Simeon, you hold fast to Christ, not in your arms like him, but in your ears and on your baptized foreheads and upon your tongue and mouth as the same Jesus is here right now. Mary's child is her Lord and God, just as he is yours. His future is your future, and what a glorious one that is. God is your Father, and he delights in you as children and what your future holds. Taste and see that he is good, that his steadfast love endures forever. And as you go from this place, depart in peace. And whenever the Lord wills it, even this earthly life and the peace of Christ... Because that's what you have. Wilhelm Leo famously said, he was a theologian who sent missionaries to the United States, you go to the Lord's Supper as if you're going to your death, so that when you go to your death, it's just as you're going to the Lord's Supper. And we think about that when you come from this very altar, receiving the very body and blood of Christ, that you go from this place with the same ease and the same peace, even as you go to your death as a Christian, because you have life. So really, then, you are departing in peace each and every day. So take comfort in who Christ is and what he has done. Depart in peace, that is, depart in the forgiveness of Christ, and know you will see your Lord face to face one day. This is who you are as an heir who calls God your Father. You are sons of God who see him, who know him now through his means, and will see the Lord face to face with your own two eyes. And so, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you are prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.